Jax. With Adam Wilde, TJ, and Jax on 99.9 Virgin Radio. Rise and shine. Hey, TJ, good morning. What's on your mind? I was prepared for a storm yesterday. And yes. I know the forecast said there wasn't one, but it wouldn't be the first time that the forecast had lied to us. And those clouds look angry and it never came. And now the forecast is saying it's supposed to be just bright and sunny all day. I'll believe it when I see it, Mother Nature. That's what's on my mind. So he's threatening Mother Nature That's to start. Right. I like that. This is Virgin Mornings with Adam Wilde, TJ, and Jax. A 99.9 Virgin Radio. Hey, so uh, how about those lower house prices? Lower house prices. Yeah, kind of. Well, and then you see this. A uh, patch of grass in Toronto up for sale. The cost? $1.1 million. Okay, so I read a story the other day that said that the lower house prices are actually, like, not exactly as it seems. It mm-hmm. just means, like, less luxury homes, which is, like, every home in Toronto are, are selling. There's less of them selling, which means that it's bringing the average down. So when they talk about the average prices dropping, is this because, like, less, like, two, three, four million dollar homes are selling? Yes. It's bringing the yeah, yeah. It's, it's the over two million dollar crowd that's yeah. seeing the benefits here. Because, yeah. you know, they needed it. Because it would appear that the <laughs> patch of grass money is still there. Yeah, um, at 69 Coxwell Avenue, categorized as vacant land on sale for $1.1 million. It's... They describe it. Here's the listing. Okay. It's a blank canvas approved and all fees paid for construction of a duplex, including a par- in parking complete with architects rendering and plans. All you have to do is build it. And oh. I don't know if you're trying to if you know anybody trying to do a renovation right now. Uh, you can't find materials to do it. Listen, I've um, I've put in laminate flooring in my 400 square foot apartment. So mm-hmm. I feel like I could probably build a house from the ground well up. there you go it's you know there's no difference really putting in a floor building no. a house same thing I have a drill uh, from Amazon but you know you can't you can't find anything so what you're seeing actually a lot right now is these sort of uh, developers like house house developers who are just like okay I got all the plans approved and that sort of thing but it's not gonna be profitable for me to build this so I'll sell it and see if somebody else can you know what else you'll see a lot of too is is builds in the middle of building that'll have to sell because they can't wait for materials. Right. And the materials are becoming even more expensive, so people have to sell these like half-built properties. Which is... It happened a couple times in my neighborhood. Really? Yeah. They're they're in the middle of Are they closed in or are they just like framed? They were framed. And then there was one oh, so there was two in my neighborhood. One was framed, so it was like pretty bare bones. Okay. But it had that kind of like out <laughs> clearly I'm not a housing expert, but it it had that kind of outside sheet stuff on it, you know, like the plastic yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, siding. Yes. But that's as far as they got. Well, at least they got that far. Yeah. Because here's what you don't want. You don't want something that's been sitting for a while that's been framed and then it's not closed in. Because it's super rotten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to start all over super again. bad. So anyway, <laughs> if you want a patch of grass for 1.1 million, you know what you could do? You could buy the patch of grass. The taxes are less than $3,000 a year. Yeah. And wherever you live in the city, you can go come to my lawn. And people will be like, you live in an apartment. You'll be like, no. I have a lawn. Actually, I do have a lawn. Thank you. This is Virgin Mornings with Adam Wilde, TJ, and Jax. A 99.9 Virgin Radio. Okay. The right amount of time that you should spend relaxing is 42%. Yeah, that's about what I thought. (laughs) That that checks out with my calculations. So there have been several studies about this, about how much time you should actually spend resting and relaxing versus doing non-relaxing stuff. That includes... Commuting, taking care of kids, errands, housework. So basically your chores. Okay. I love my daughter, but there's chores yeah. associated, right? 
The consensus is 42% of your time should go towards resting. That means your body and mind need at least that much time off to help you recharge and help you burn out. So that's it, just a tiny bit over 10 hours a day. So if you sleep eight hours a day, that leaves two hours for everything from eating to exercise to your social life. But you can spread it out over a longer period if it's too much to jam into one day. Uh, But over the course of the week, 42% of your time um, needs to be spent like resting when they break it down hour by hour and you hear that like oh eight hours of that can be sleep yes it does seem a lot more achievable does it not? it does it does i'll i'll take that because that it works out to be about 70 and a half hours a week that's 42 percent. so if, sounds like a let's, lot let's say you sleep i don't know i sleep six and a half hours most nights i get that too um so you need to spend we would need to spend essentially uh three and a half hours today and every day doing something else like relaxing like playing video games or that's um, reading or whatever else no 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 it's not reading is reading video too games. much of a chore reading, reading is a chore <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna tell val next time she asks me after the dishwasher i can't sorry i'm doing my 48 percent. there you're 42 percent oh well this is virgin mornings with adam wild tj and Jax on 99.9 virgin radio taylor swift dance party coming to toronto this month We've talked about a few of these, and they, yeah. fangirl Steph always goes to them and then throws up a bunch of Instagram stories on our Instagram page, and it looks like so much fun. It's like a blast. Yeah. And yeah. the organizers of the event are fantastic because, number one, which is not commonplace for festivals happening uh, in the city of Toronto or around it lately, they actually happen. And oh, right. number two, uh, they're just very nice people, and they just love Taylor Swift. Yeah, they reach out, too. They're, not, they're awesome. T-Swift Dance Party Canada, hosting an event, Rebel, this Saturday. From nine to ten thirty, and basically uh, two dollar drinks. And I just thought uh, attendees will be able to dance along and sing their heart outs to Taylor Swift's discography and enjoy giant Jake Gyllenhaal heads floating around the club. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then some T Swift inspired decor. And obviously uh, proceeds from at, from this event actually go to charity. Fifty five thousand dollars so far raised for the Daily Bread Food Bank, Canadian Cancer Society, Cystic Fibrosis Canada. Uh, UNICEF, and I think importantly, especially given what's going on in the States right now, yeah. Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Um, there was a similar event that happened in July, and I think another one in June, but there's, uh, they they keep growing. They do. This one's going to be 4,000 people, they're estimating. Which I think wow. the last one was like, a, or not, maybe not the last one, the first one was maybe a couple hundred people. And they do them all over the country. Like, That's they do them in, like, Winnipeg and Halifax. and Very cool. It's, it's a great idea, especially, like, I mean, in a city like this where there's a ton of Taylor Swift fans mm-hmm. out there. I think you could do this with The Weeknd. I think you could do this with Drake. I think yeah. you, could do, you could do this with One Direction, for sure. One you include all their solo sure. stuff, too. Yeah. Right? I think a, a weekend dance party has a completely different vibe than a Taylor Swift <laughs> dance party. What gives you that impression? Yeah, is it the can't feel my face part? Good mornings. With What's Trending. And this is What's Trending right now. If you haven't been following the chaos that was Cultureland Music Festival, there's been an update, but let me just bring you up to speed. It was supposed to be going on this past weekend at Markham Fairgrounds, but an hour or two before door, doors opened on the Sunday, um, they had to move to Ajax Downs. They moved from Markham to Ajax with less than an hour before uh, doors were set to open. A bunch of artists had to pull out of the concert because of that, uh, including the show's headliner, Janae Aieko. The, um, though they failed to tell the crowd until midnight, and not to mention all the security concerns and the poorly run VIP section. So, we were talking about that yesterday. Then, the event's organizer, Pharrell Ladidi, did an interview and had some interesting things to say. Uh, quote, looking back at it now, maybe I should have just canceled, he said in a phone interview. 
Uh, he goes on to say that staffing and security at the venue just wasn't up to par, so he decided late Sunday or late Saturday night, pardon me, to move to uh, move Sunday's Cultureland show across the city to Ajax Downs, which he said, "quote Without the connections I had, it's literally impossible to move an event venue in that short amount of time. I had to call him a lot of favors." So he's proud of this fact, but this is kind of unprecedented for an event that's already underway to be like, "Hey, tomorrow we're at a completely different place." Yeah, it's because it's a bad idea. Yeah, and also you made the decision Saturday night, yet you announced it an hour before doors were supposed to open, or two hours before doors were supposed to open. Anyway. He goes on to explain that a lot of artists had to bail because of visa issues, and despite them working on them for months, he blamed the pandemic for them not coming through, saying it really slowed things up, which, like, okay, fair, whatever, I'll give you that one. Um, now, as for Janae Aiko, Aiko, pardon me. Aiko, yeah. I have a really hard time with that name. Uh, I mentioned that they didn't tell festival goers that she wasn't coming until midnight, uh, even though they went on stage at 11 and said she was. Uh, this was a direct result of the venue change and Ladidi says that they knew by 7 p.m. that she wasn't going on. Even though they said she was going on. Yeah. Oh, man. And then told everyone at ah. midnight, oh, go home. She's not coming. Uh, now, to be fair, it does sound like he intends to refund the Sunday show, which, duh. Uh, and then this last quote got me, like, really interested. He said, I know there's been a lot of setbacks with this, but the goal was to build something that can continue to connect cultures and build the community we have here in Canada. And he says to put on another culture line festival. Well, it's a great year. set of goals and high-minded, and that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes you're a goal person, and sometimes you're an execution person. Yeah. So if he wants to pull this off again, find yourself an execution person who can actually do this. Yeah. Holy smoke. This is Virgin Mornings with Adam Wilde, TJ, and Jax. On 99.9 Virgin Radio. I want to know if what I'm about to do is going to ruin my relationship oh boy. with Natalie's family. Natalie is my girlfriend of a couple years, and um, things are going great, mm -hmm. like really great. Uh, and her family's cool. Uh, I want to explain what we're going to do here. Um, we're going on vacation this weekend, and it's tricky because I came to the relationship with two dogs. Yep. And she came to the relationship with a cat. Yeah, everyone's got baggage. And, <laughs> and so uh, we have three pets, although neither of us ever really wanted to have this many pets. We're now the couple with a ton of pets. Yeah. And like, you're the pet couple. <laughs> I know. And like, this is so not how I ever saw my life going, but here we are, right? So anyway, um, you know, they all get along great and everything's cool. And Natalie comes from a cat household, whereas I come from a dog household. So. Uh, they grew up with cats, um, and so our cat, Teddy, is going to her parents' place because they're used to it, um, and they're they're able to handle it. Now, I had budgeted for, for our vacation budget, the dogs to go to a, there's like a farm, there's a couple places around that will don't, like- Don't, Adam, don't send them to the farm. Not that, no, not like that. <laughs> Just because you're going on vacation. No, they'd be like, it would be like a, a daycare, right? Okay. Yeah. Where it's, you know, big fields that they can run in. They're getting and... them back. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, they are. They are coming back from the farm. I can guarantee you that. Okay. Um, but Natalie's sister, Lauren, when she heard about that, she's like, no, that you can't be spending money on that. I was like, oh. And Lauren is very much like, she's one of those people that's like very um, type A about how you spend your money. Gotcha. And listen, I am cheap, okay? Yeah. I, I fully admit to that. But I, I had, a, I found a great deal. I was like, this is the right thing to do. Let's do this. And then she found out. She's like, I'm not going to let you guys spend money on that. We'll take them. Both, do they have dog experience? They have 
zero dog experience other than hanging out with my dogs. All right. So just to recap, the options are spend a little bit of money mm-hmm. and the dogs go to a dog sanctuary where they will be pampered for an entire week, have fields to play in mm-hmm. and be surrounded by people who know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And option B is Lauren. Lauren. Lauren and her husband, Dara. Yeah. And they've got a little girl named Nevaeh, who's like 18 months. And Nevaeh is obsessed with the dogs. Everly could care less about the dogs. And I think it's because she's grown up with dogs. Nevaeh doesn't have dogs, so she's like really excited about this. They also have a cat. So they're going to be taking care of two dogs, the cat, and an 18-month-old for nine days. Because we're going, we're, not, we're going away just a couple days longer than a full week, right? We're like, haven't taken a vacation in a yeah. couple years. So, um, they seem completely confident that this is this is going to go great. My dogs are well-trained. TJ's met them. He knows. Yeah, they're great dogs. They're nice dogs. Um, and I have put the offer in, but they're insisting on taking them. So, my question is, are we setting ourselves up for failure? One dog is, is, is one thing, but mm-hmm. this is two dogs. This is a lot. I want to say no because you've, I've heard you mention stories about Lauren and she sounds very type A, very organized, yes. very rule-oriented, schedule-oriented. Yes, absolutely. Doesn't seem like the type of person to mess this up. No. Having said that, most dogs are catalysts for anarchy, which means they're a type A person's nightmare because a dog will eat when the dog wants to eat and the dog will go outside at inconvenient times. And yes. when you have an 18 month old, you also have that chaos as well. Yes. And now there's two dogs. Yes. This is going to go really bad. Well, I, and this is the thing, <laughs> really man. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like secretly, <laughs> that's, this is the thing. It's, it's not the airport that's stressing me out the most, although that's stressful too. Yeah. I'm, I'm more stressed about like how these dogs are going to do. Yeah. You're going to get a message on Tuesday being like, hey, we dropped them at that farm. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's the one where they come back. We'll see. <laughs> I, so so this is the this is the question. I want to know if you have any experience with this. Have you ever dropped your pets with a family member that maybe didn't have the experience? Did it go well or did it go poorly? Because, you know, I, I understood what I was taking on when I took on two dogs. Yeah. But I don't know that they understand. I grew up with dogs. They didn't. They're also needy. They are needy. It's 99.9 Virgin Radio. Let us know what you think. Is Virgin Mornings with Adam Wilde, TJ, and Jax on 99.9 Virgin Radio. Okay, so here's the situation, and I want to know if I'm going to wreck my relationship with um, with my girlfriend Natalie's family. Her sister Lauren and and Lauren's husband Dara have agreed to take our dogs, uh, my dogs, really, um, and there's two of them for our vacation, which is upcoming. Now, I had it planned that I was going to put them in like a doggy daycare. But Lauren and Dara, mostly Lauren, uh, said, no, you're not. We want them over here. Yeah. They like the dogs, which is amazing. But here's the thing. Neither of them grew up in a dog household. And I'm going to put together like a checklist of things that you need to do. Yeah. But I'm concerned that it's I'm not concerned about how Lauren and Dara are going to do. I'm concerned about how my animals are going to do because they are well behaved, but they're animals. And if dad's away, we're going to play. Well, they do push the limits. So I want to know. Are we making a huge decision or a bad decision here? Or are we setting ourselves up for failure? I have some pretty incredible texts I want to read you. Uh oh. Incredible is not good. Incredible is always good. <laughs> uh, this one from the 705. Take them to the doggy daycare. Don't risk it. As if they co- um, don't risk it. If they cause problems, you will never hear the end of it. Lie. <laughs> it gets better. Yeah. Lie and tell Lauren you already paid a non refundable deposit. That's what I like to do. Lie. Lie as much as you can, especially to your friends and family. I, I think, yeah, yeah, that couldn't be worse. 
Uh, I dropped my dog off with a family member once, and we went away on vacation. And let's just say I would never put my family through that again. They had no idea what they were in for, and they still said yes. So, so that sounds a little deceiving. Okay. Uh, sometimes a really short text tells enough of a story here. Uh, from the 647, I'm the family member that took them. Bring them to the damn farm. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what happened at your house. I know. Okay, two more texts. This one from the 905 is actually in favor of this. Just went away for a week and left her extremely high-maintenance 70-pound dog with my sister, her boyfriend, and their six-month-old puppy our dog had only met once. Ooh, that's questionable. It's a puppy, too. They're that's... so... Man, there's a reason. First off, I, I, I wanted to adopt, so I adopted the yeah. dogs. I got it, you know. So they weren't... They were fully grown. But also, everybody's like, oh, you, getting a puppy is great. Getting a puppy sucks. It's the worst. It's a lot of work. It's worse than having a baby. Plus, when you adopt, you can I put love babies. bumper sticker on your car and everyone knows. Ah, and yeah, then you get to tell everybody how much better you are. Who saved who? <laughs> uh, so the rest of the text says, uh, we typically leave him with my parents or my other sister, but this one was insistent that they could handle it. Plot twist. It was surprisingly well. And the dogs oh. are now BFFs, which is really sweet. That's cool. Uh, how about this last one, which sounds like a Seinfeld episode. Okay. My cousin's family offered to take care of my pet parrot for a week, and I returned. <laughs> Man, parrots are very tricky. Oh, yeah. They don't do well without their master. I didn't know that. I don't know why I said, oh, yeah, like I know parrots. Uh. My cousin's family offered to take my pet parrot for a week, and I returned home to an empty cage. <gasps> Apparently, my uncle wanted to feed it sunflower seeds through the feeding window, and it bit his finger and somehow escaped. If people can mess up caring for caged pets, nothing is safe. Whoa. Okay, but you know what's wrong with that story? Where's the parrot now? Do we know where the parrot went? She belongs to the streets, Adam. <laughs> Here's the thing. Most of the most people texting are saying this is a terrible idea. Yeah. So when I come back in a couple of weeks, yeah. I will tell you whether or not they're still speaking to me. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah, it's fair. This is Virgin Mornings with Adam Wilde, TJ, and Jax. On 99.9 Virgin Radio. Hey, so um, what food are you uncomfortable eating in public? And TJ uh, TJ had a bit of a problem because he yeah. asked his friend out for food, and that friend's like, I don't eat that kind of food in public. Yeah. That's so a me by myself food. A buddy of mine, I was like, hey, you want to go get some wings? I'm really craving wings. Go to the sweet wing bar. And he, uh, he said, no, I'm not doing it. I don't eat wings in public. And I said, why? And he's like, it's just, he likes to really enjoy them. Oh, yeah. And he likes to eat them with no inhibitions. So he gets all saucy and really embarrassed. So he doesn't like eating them outside of the privacy. He can't get the full experience. experience without feeling insecure. Exactly, Adam. And then I thought about it more. And I, I also have a dish that I refuse to eat in public because I eat it in a very aggressive way. Mm-hmm. And that is any plate of pasta ever. And that's because when you're at a restaurant, you feel the obligation to use the spoon for and spaghetti, twirl it, yeah, and twirl it into the fork. And I have zero interest in doing that. And normally, what I do at home is I like to call it the um, the shovel technique, where I I take the plate off the table and I hold it in one hand, and with my other hand I shovel all of the pasta into my stupid face. Now that is the most effective and time-saving way. It, is. it just does not look the most attractive. Like no. I'm sure if Val was around, you'd maybe reconsider. Yeah, it took me about eight months. Eight nine months before I let Val see me eat spaghetti, <laughs> and I'm like, look over her, like, to make. <laughs> I never wanted you to see me like this. Yeah. Um, I, so on, on uh, I'll tell you what you shouldn't do, uh, which is what I did on my first date with Natalie. Thank God it worked out anyway. 
um, is uh, eat tacos, especially at a restaurant you've never had out. tacos at because it's a mess. Yep. And I ordered them thinking I was like healthy, light summer guy. Yep. And uh, and she she's told me ever since that she's like, well, that was a bold choice because she is the type of person that looks up the menu before she goes to yep. the restaurant to know what she's going to get before she sits down. I think that's weird. No, I do that, too. Um, I'm not surprised. Yeah, <laughs> shocker. So and, um, so that that's one that you shouldn't do on the first date. Um, Natalie actually has one and I'm going to blow her cover here that and I'm, I'm going to be in big trouble for doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. So um, she has she says it's one night a year. I suspect it's more, but I don't know for sure. She fully admitted to me that she has a KFC night once a year where she orders the big bucket of chicken and, you know, the fries and yeah. everything. But she has to do it alone. I cannot. She's like, you cannot be there when I do this. And I said, but I like KFC, too. And she's like, no. Yeah, you should watch her feed. She's no. like a mantis. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she's like, I have to sit alone and I need to watch TV the way I want to. Yeah. And I have to be <laughs> the way that I need to be. So there was a night uh, a couple weeks ago where I was out and she she had a KFC night and I'm telling you, TJ, she hides it so well. She even threw out the KFC stuff. The evidence. Didn't even know it was there. What a sneak. Oh, what yeah. else has she been doing behind her back? Who knows, man? I was at the Def Leppard Motley Crue concert on Monday. Who's who's to know? Can I throw one more quick one in of a food that you can't eat out in public? Yes. And it's going to be weird, but bear with me. Cupcakes. Because the frosting on cupcakes is so aggressive. It's so high. What is the first way you buy the cupcake in public? You have to literally shove the icing into Hold your on, face. Hold on, though. But you don't pull the muffin part off of it and eat it separately? No. I always know, everybody I know that eats a cupcake eats it cut, like they, they pull it apart, and there's the icing side and there's the cake side, and you just, and that way you can fit both in your mouth at the same time. Because you know, like, all especially with all these, thing? like, artisan bakeries. Yeah, for sure that's a thing. With all these artisan bakeries, they make the cupcakes look so appealing to yeah. you when they're on the stand, yeah. right? But they're like, Cupcakes are like human beings. They're getting taller by the decade. Yes. There's like six yes. foot cupcakes out there. And and so now you, what you do is you do a quick twist. Yeah. You get a, and if you get a little too much icing in one, you can just take a bite of just the cake part. And then you can balance the flavors, but you don't have to eat like a crazy person in public. That's revolutionary. Just throwing that I out never there. thought of it. I always just ate it as one being, one entity. That's just, there's a reason why I'm, you know, I'm five years older. I got that, uh, <laughs> experience. got that old man experience now. 34. Um, Triple nine, double nine to text. Actually, hey, you 100% have to make a cupcake sandwich, TJ. So this is another one. They take the bottom, put it on the top, squish it together. I can't explain why, but that feels illegal. It feels like you're cheating. It does. And maybe, again, you shouldn't be eating that in public because yeah. it's still going to be a mess. <laughs> okay. Triple nine, double nine to text. What will you not eat in public? Just because you're like, I don't need people to see me like this. <laughs> I don't want to see myself like this either. It's 99.9 Virgin Radio. This is Virgin Mornings with Adam Wilde, TJ, and Jax. On 99.9 Virgin Radio. So, you won't eat it in public. Why? TJ has a friend who's so messy at eating wings that he's like, you know what, I just won't do it. No, he refuses to do it in public. It has to be at home, in the comfort of his own home. Probably in the dimly lit room. Doesn't even like to look at himself. <laughs> you know I'm what? A monster. We all have those moments. So, what are yours? Triple nine, double nine in text. Go ahead, teach. Uh, Jack or Jacks, uh, Jessica. Sorry, I'm missing our dear sweet. I Jack. miss her too. Yeah. Uh, Jessica in the nine oh five says corn on the cob. I get kernels everywhere. Oh. I do too. And then honestly, like covered in butter. Covered in butter. Corn on the cob when you eat it, because if you eat it typewriter style, it 
it's efficient, but it also feels like it's the wrong way to eat something and no one's ever told you. And and there's a lot of sound that goes with it too. Yeah, and it gets stuck in your teeth. Now, Val's family, I know this, this is the first time I've seen this before. They turn the corn on its end and then they cut it down the side. Mm. And they do it four times and then they just eat it with a fork afterwards. Yes, I, I do that for Everly because she loves corn. Yeah. But I, I, um, I started doing it because I have fake teeth. Mm. My friend six are fake. Yeah. So you're not supposed to eat corn on the cob, but I still kind of do. But here's what, I, but here's what's weird about me. Maybe I shouldn't eat this in public either. I, I, uh, you know how there's like the tearing part from your top teeth. Yes. I do it with my bottom teeth. So I'll put my my top teeth into the into the cob and then bite up, and go up, rather than scraping down. And that way, I can protect my teeth because I would prefer not to replace them. They're getting a little old, to be honest with you. I would pay admission to watch you eat corn on the cob. My teeth are so older in high school, right? So I gotta, <laughs> I gotta make sure that we protect these things, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. There's a, there's one for you if you've ever lost teeth. There you go. Another text from another Jessica in the 905 says, uh, "Popcorn, because only half gets in my mouth, and we look like pigs when we eat it." <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you gotta remember, like. Where do you eat popcorn the most? And the answer is usually the movie theater. Yes. You're in a dim lit room, fair game. But yeah. like, if you look at me in the movie theater, no you don't because <laughs> I, it's it's I, it's like I'm holding a softball. Now, that's how much popcorn goes I, into my mouth. I am the exact same because that's the only way to satisfyingly eat popcorn. Yeah. Natalie looks at me sometimes and she's like, I she's like, you 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 stress me out with the way you eat popcorn. <laughs> like, because we have it at home instead of like chocolate and ice cream or whatever, if yeah. I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight or whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll pop some popcorn in the microwave and have so it. Good. And then she she looks at me. She's like, I'm I don't know what's gonna happen next. Like, wh where is this next kernel going? There's always one that drops. Always. Anyway, um, this is a complete sidebar. Do you, do you ever experiment with the seasoning for popcorn? I don't like that. Yeah, it don't feels mess with disingenuous, my yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. No, I, butter I, or nothing. Just give it butter. Uh, I will not eat faux soup in public. I will hunch over the bowl, use a combination of chopsticks, spoon, and the lifting of the bowl to my mouth to drink the broth. Nobody oh. wants to see that. <laughs> you know what? I'm with you. I'm a thousand percent in that corner. For uh, sure. One last text from the 289. One thing I like to avoid eating is ribs in public. The sauce goes everywhere, and it looks like I just slaughtered the animal by myself by the time it's all said <laughs> Gee, and done. Is there anything worse than getting, like, barbecue sauce on a shirt, too? Because no. everybody, you think everybody, I, I, I can't stand that. You think everybody's looking at you like, that person uh, can't be an adult. Yeah. Cannot. We can't take them seriously. How does that person have a driver's license? Exactly. <laughs> is Virgin Mornings with Adam Wilde, TJ, and Jax. On 99.9 Virgin Radio. All right, that's it for us for today. Uh, we just want to let you know that there are more Harry Styles tickets available. If you're looking for them, we got them. And it's easy. Except it's not that easy. You have to get up at 6 o'clock. You need to be listening at 6, at 7, at 8, and at 9. We give you one digit to the four-digit keyword every single hour. And by the time... Nine o'clock rolls around. You will have a code to unlock Harry's house, and we will take you to Harry's house, the tour, and you will sit in the box with Jax and TJ and producer Lee. How great is that? That's going to be pretty sweet. And I am missing that show, and even though I'm going to be on vacation, I'm going to be a little mad about it. You know what's going to be really cool um, is seeing one of the biggest artists on the planet uh, put on one of the most amazing shows on the planet. Uh, it's unfortunate that you're not going, thanks, TJ. Adam, because you're busy doing cool guy stuff. But appreciate it. Um, yeah, no, it'll be amazing to see just an unbelievable generational talent uh, perform for a bunch of rowdy fans, and you know, just have maybe one of the best nights of okay, our I'm lives. I'm gonna play the next song okay. now. Virgin Mornings with Adam Wilde, TJ, and Jax.